Welcome to the Vinyl Collective Podcast. Oh, sorry, I forgot. You don't need to shout on music podcasts. Welcome to the Vinyl Collective Podcast, your weekly journal on the hip-hop and R&B landscape. As always, I'm your host, Toffe. And I'm your co-host, John. Now, at this point of the podcast, Toppe usually gives us one of his anecdotes. And only once before have I stopped him, so I'm going to do it again today. Um, <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, now, I think blue balls is something we can all relate to, right? Not just, you know, depending on whatever sex we are or whatever. You know, someone tells you they're going to do something, they don't do it, TV show is going to drop, it doesn't drop. And I don't know, for like argument's sake, say, you know, there's like a worldwide pandemic, you know, you're around the corner. And you're like, fuck, yeah, the summer's here. And then they're like, no, get back inside. But anyway, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit like that with music this week this year. Okay. Uh I feel like there have been a fair few projects that have just been teased so early on and yeah. they're still not with us. Agreed. Which ones to come to mind? You know, uh Drake. Uh I feel like Top Dog, I, they never really gave us an order of albums, so I think that's kind of been playing on my mind. I'm just like, I need the Kendrick and Scissor stuff. Um, yeah. Little Sam, Little Sims, kind of dragging out a bit by kind of teasing us with songs now and then, but we know we've got another two months to wait. Fucking insane! Which isn't is kind it? of pissing me off, but yeah. there we go. How many more will she release? Do you reckon? I think because it's so because it's nineteen tracks. Honestly, I know it's like four interludes. I think she'll probably go for like five tracks. I was thinking six. It. Yeah, because it's so long. But the thing is, okay, so. You know what? Let's just start with Sims, right? As we always do. Yeah, yeah. What nothing really changes with the Vinyl Collective, does it? Nothing changes. <laughs> but, They're um, the favourites. Yeah. So I think because the album is so long, it's like over mm. an hour as well. It's quite a long album. I think you won't lose that much of six tracks. However, it depends how sophisticated she's going to be with this concept, right? So if it's a thing where you can kind of do the guesswork of the singles, then it's like okay, fuck. Then the album kind of leaves nothing else to be desired. But if it's a, if she's if the album is as good as a lot of us predict it to be, then yeah, six singles out of not, you know nineteen tracks is not going to do too much harm. I agree, think? and I think that all, it also depends which tracks she releases because of the two disc thing. You know, we've kind of talked about the concept, and there'll be like kind of like dichotomies, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, sometimes she's introvert, sometimes she's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think if she picks like two or three off each side then I'll be, I'll be pretty good with that. Yeah, fair. I mean, just to loop back to what you said, like, TDE, like, motherfucker. So here's the problem with what's the whole, <laughs> the whole thing with TDE, right? So they said, okay, is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Isaiah Rashad. And then they gave you Isaiah Rashad, and he's dropping his second single on Friday, mm-hmm. right? Cool. It sounds good, the season of what I've heard, whatever. But when's the album date? They just said June. We're midway through June. Like, what? Like, an album is not coming. So, what the fuck's going on? This guy's been gone for five years. We don't even get any album date. So, what was all that hype up for? Like, we're loading. Duh, duh, duh. You didn't get shit. Like, what the fuck's going on? I fully agree with you on that one. Drake, I've lost hope. Like, I've lost all hope for that man. Like, then again, right? <laughs> it's no joke, right? I mean, just because he's at, you know, these basketball games, you know, doing all that stuff doesn't mean his men aren't writing the lyrics, you know, during the night. So who knows? Maybe the album is making He's got those little hamsters on the wheel. Exactly. 24 hour day. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you know, don't get teased, guys. You know, he he's a rapper. It doesn't mean he's a lyricist. So the album could be very well still be in progress. But um, again, I think um, 
He was just Drake's a strategic guy, right? So I think mm-hmm. he's been quite smart with how he's worded things. Oh, I got a leg injury, but I'm here, there, and everywhere. And you know, literally, I literally saw this video. Like this is so random, right? He goes to like this rap battle final, right? And Drake's there, and he gives like a hundred grand like prize pool. And <laughs> it's fucking random. And for some reason, he comes. He literally pulls out $150,000 from his pockets. And it's like, of all the things you could be doing, I'm going to drop your album. <laughs> this is what you choose to do. And he's like, yeah, you know, nothing matters more than what happens here in this room. It's like, who the fuck are you, Drake? You've never done a rap battle <laughs> in your life. Like, what? It feels like he's, you know those guys, yeah, who's like, um, you know, at uni or something like that, right? Those people who do anything but revise, so they go to like all the parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hang at everyone's house. They're like, yeah, but, you know, I work well under pressure, so it doesn't really matter and all that stuff. That's what Drake's like. So he's kind of told everyone summer. And he's like, yeah, I'll give myself like two weeks to finish this. And then he'll be like, oh, you know. Summer's it. begun. Yeah, literally. If you drop at end of August, summer's almost over. Yeah. So I don't have faith in whatever he's doing. And then again, you know, unlike half of you guys out there, you know, my whole music enjoyment isn't defined by, like, the free artists that drop. Like, there's artists that drop every fucking week, so I'm not too bothered by that. That's true. <laughs> Let's get on to another artist that's dropping an album soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you have a few things to say about this. Snow Allegra. Okay. Let's go. Cool. Um, <laughs> you know what, yeah? <laughs> I'm not... I'm not a... Uh... I'm not a hater of, of Snow Allegra, actually. I think she's a fantastic singer. I think she's a little bit overhyped, but I get it. You know, she gives a good vibe, do you know what I mean? Like, she's one of those, like, very, not Netflix and chill vibe, but, like, a chill vibe. Like, oh, someone comes over, you might do an edible mm-hmm. together, or you might smoke. Like, it gives you that type of vibe, like, just chill, do you know what I mean? Um, but I think a lot of people, because, again, it's so funny how me, you, and even um, bloody Ebenezer, obviously shout out to him, coming on last episode, we were all kind of just talking about um, the importance of um, album covers, unironically. And then she re- yeah. <laughs> and then we see the release of this cover. And no joke, it looks like some shit out of like 2001 Microsoft Paint. When you, know, when you click the word art and it's like, oh my gosh, the font looks different. What the hell? This is amazing. Like, it looks like that shit. Like, it's just... Is that like, yeah. what is it like, glitch? <laughs> Like, like glitch effect you can do yeah do you yeah. know what I mean like it, it gives me big like MSN messenger vibes and maybe that is a vibe of the album right but I mean it just doesn't look good and I feel like album covers that's one thing people always miss right a good album cover goes a long way same way mm-hmm. it's like you know don't judge a book by its cover of course I'm gonna fucking judge the book by its cover what do you mean it, do you know what I mean like same way if someone like it's the same guys who like see a picture of like a goat with horns and be like, oh my gosh, don't touch that. Instead of me, don't judge a book by the fucking cover. It always matters. So, um, yeah, I think Snow could do better with a better album cover. But again, um, some people might say it's pretty privileged. I'm not going to really go into that. But, you know, the fact that the cover is literally just her with some purple eyes, I think it'll be more mm-hmm. than enough. <laughs> but I feel like that's kind of been the trend because her first two albums, right, mm-hmm. Don't Explain Feels, were really like kind of pop arty. Like the yes. first one was kind of Gave me like real like sixties like Archer vibes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can picture it, but if people go back to it, and um, feels his big comic vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go to uh, those feels again, mm-hmm. and it's pretty lazy. It's just a picture of her, and then again some like caption. Sorry, I meant like, time. Highlighted caption. I meant time. Sorry, not time. No. What don't is... explain and then feels. Feels. Yeah, is feels. Yeah, yeah. No, I was right. I yeah. was right. Yeah, feels. Yeah. 
Yeah, and others um, falls against like like a like film noir type of thing. Do yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. But and then this one feels even lazier. Yeah, but then I don't know. I mean, I I don't doubt the music could be good. I mean, I saw some of the features. I forgot it was even hard to read some of the fucking features as well. Do you know what I mean? So hmm. I mean, let me double check that. I can't. You know what? Can I even be bothered? Nah, it'll probably be someone like Tyler the Creator will pop up now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Logic will be on this one. It'll just be like a couple rappers. I don't think there'll be any singers. Honestly, Vince Staples again. I enjoyed them together a lot. Oh yeah, they have good chemistry, one hundred percent. Yeah, I doubt she'll do and it. He's again, releasing though. as well, isn't he? Is he really? Yeah. Damn. What's when is releasing? Uh, I think he's releasing an upcoming single. Oh okay. Soon. And I think that'll be from the new project, whatever it can, whatever it turns out to be. Law of Averages, that's it. Oh, okay, cool. I haven't heard that. Fair I've got um, I've got high hopes. I'm very excited. Same, especially I'm after. I'm very excited. Again, speaking, yeah, that again, another blue balls of a fucking record. It was like twenty something minutes, right? And it was actually pretty good. Like people sleep on Vince Staples so hard mm-hmm. because they see the comedic aspect of him. He's like, oh my gosh, yeah, he's just a funny guy. Like, it's like. He's not Fredo. Like, he does more than just be funny. Like, he's a, he's a very competent rapper. But um, it, it just, it's a shame that that part of his artistry has kind of been taken over more than the fact that he can actually rap. So, yeah. I'm yeah, for sure. As well. for sure. Um, let's talk about uh, a 75-minute album that's uh, dropped. <laughs> you, Co- Culture 3. You know I ain't listened to this shit. I have not listened to it. I don't know whether I will, if I'm honest. I listened to a couple of tracks. I listened to the Justin Bieber track, which yeah. felt pretty average. Um, yeah, I don't have high hopes, to be honest. Same. I mean, they're just doing the same thing again, aren't they, really? That's why it's a third of the series. Did you see the promo come leading up for this album? It looked like no. they were like... It, no joke, it looks like... I don't know if you've seen those videos of like Kendrick and J-Rock back in like 2008, 2009 when they're trying to get their name up and they're literally yeah, just yeah. like in any random club and it's like just really shit like unedited kind of promos. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. they just stand on a random side of the road and like, yeah, new merch coming. It looks like that shit. Like some of the merch they have is fucking garbage. Oh my gosh. And someone said, <laughs> it's, I think, no one, someone said, right, they spent the whole um, album, like record label budget on like um, Lil Baby. And everyone missed the clear obvious joke, right? Where it's like, it's ironic that a label that has fucking Migos, Lil Baby and Gunner is called Quality Control. <laughs> like, isn't that just fucking <laughs> ironic? <laughs> like, my gosh. Like, they've done it again. Like, literally. 19 tracks. Literally everything that people liked about culture, they were like, no. We, we will not like it's just like no like it's one of the ones where like yeah you know what I'm gonna say it's like the it's like the 200 IQ plays like you know what you liked culture so we're gonna give you more of culture that's it we got it boys we got it like you liked 12 tra- tracks of culture so we'll give you 17 tracks of culture like why the, oh, why the fuck not like why the fuck mm. not I don't know I do I do want to listen to it only to be able to kind of speak with authority that they haven't done anything in three years they haven't actually grown or attempted to do anything new do you know what you can tell that straight from the track listing right you have a yeah. Drake song cool it's early on you have Cardi B again cool got some future in there cool you've got Pop Smoke Juice World yeah like Young Boy NBA all the kind of it's, 
like you can literally hear features. it in your head you can hear yeah. it in your yeah. head like yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean like it's just it's like YG when YG and Drake make a song you can just literally hear it in your head like automatically that's the thing Migos so I, I highly doubt and again yes I'm talking out of my ass here a little bit because I haven't heard it but I really really doubt that I'm going to be anything short of moderately entertained out of 75 yep. minutes of Migos content Despite the features, <laughs> that's it, really. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I feel, I feel like before we move on to the spotlight, mm. I know you, you probably wanted to say a, a tiny, uh, give a tiny little dig at A two. Oh no, you know what? We'll leave that. You know what? I'm yeah. gonna savor that. That I'm savoring A two, and I'm gonna. I'm with you though. No, you with me? Yeah, no. yeah. I think it's equally ridiculous. Yeah, no. You can no. save it for next week, though, if you yeah, want. We'll save it because... Okay. Okay, so I don't know if you know, John, and I left this out of anything. I just haven't mentioned this to you on purpose. So, Justine Sky is releasing her first album next week, and you need to go to her Twitter, mate. She said some outrageous shit about the R&B industry. So, I literally bookmarked her tweet. I'm going to read it out to you, one of them, because I just thought it was one of the funniest shit I've ever seen from someone who hasn't dropped anything. So, she literally said, right, y'all be hyping up mediocre shit and then be mad about the state of music these days. Take responsibility. Say whatever you want about me and my music. This album about to shut all that talk up. I have a whole Timberland produced album with a Justin Timberlake feature and I'm completely independent. I'm clearly doing something right. I literally just quote tweeted that and said, note it, see you June 25th. <laughs> because I'm just way too cute. When people do shit like that, when they just feel like they're the savior or something, I'm like, I cannot wait. Because you literally, you are literally lining yourself up to fail, like straight Absolutely. up. So as I soon as there are any like cliches. Yes, 100%. So you're done for. If it goes the way I think it's going to go, I'm going to take her and A2 and just do it in one. But let's talk, right? Because again, we mentioned, we briefly mentioned her, but I feel like it's our right at this point on the Vinyl Collective. So Rolling Stone, you actually haven't given your thoughts on this record, John. I haven't. It's because it's I've only kind of listened to it twice at the moment. Um, okay. I think the first one I was, I just, um, just name dropping, just got back from Iceland. Um, and yeah, I think I was just like on my way home. It was a bit of a hot day. Uh, wasn't in a great mood. Didn't enjoy it on first listen, which is probably one of the first Little Sims tracks that I've actually listened to and haven't enjoyed on first listen. Um, production's very understated. A lot more like heavy in terms of like 808s and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. There's none of the like or at least the like live instrumentation stuff is like downplayed a lot, mm-hmm. very low key. Um, I think it gets better as I listen more because this is like purely a lyrical song to enjoy. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, oh, it's like Little Sims and um, like Inflow. And the third, who's the second producer? I didn't oh, know that. Oh, his name, I didn't know who his name was, but yeah. Yeah, it's not like her and little like inflow like sparring. You're like, wow, Mm. like look at this connection. It's like purely her her bars. Um, But I enjoyed it. I need to I need to give it a few more listens before I can fully say how I feel. But it's it's interesting to see. I hope I hope there are more songs where like there are stripped back instrumentals and we can just see what she can do. Mm. Um, Because I have seen criticisms, a few criticisms in the past about her like pure lyrical ability. Because everyone knows 
how good the production is, even if they don't know him flow by name. They know yeah. when you're listening to a little sim song from the last three, four years, you're going to get incredible production. Yeah. So I think I think it's a good move to to strip the production back a little bit. Yeah, no, I think I kind of will fully share that sentiment. It's like I love I, the line about what is it listening to Heady in the getting gas to the mountains and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> that was a good line. That was a good line. Yeah. Like, I think she has some joy you know is I think again, I think it really defines I think it really depends on what you define lyricism to be because I think she has mm-hmm. so many quotables where she's like, um, you know, um, I'm probably the reason why your manager had to resign or something. Or she said like, yeah. you know, bad bitch wants to see what's underneath. I can show you things in private. I hate to call the scene, something like that. So she has like these like really cheeky lines. I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, I remember that. It's quite sticky in that sense. Mm. But um, yeah, I think for me, this is the first song probably ever since this whole inflow era where i can say like little sims was better than inflow and during the track Mm. jeremy because normally it's like inflow is like if he's like at great level minimum you know if not outstanding so i think it's the first time i walked away and i took more from little sims than the production itself um this is again this is also the first track we're getting from the i call that the yellow side of the album because colors in gold or whatever the fuck so it's yeah. like, so I think this is the intro track because the previous track is the interview. So this is like the first song to introduce the second side of the album. And just comparing that to Introvert, it's like completely different. Like Introvert, she's on her like save the world type of shit, telling you all the things that's going wrong, telling her, telling you where she's gone wrong. And this one is like, yeah, what my suit hater by Gucci, I'm fucking all these bitches. Even coming, even kind of Loki coming out as queer. That's a bit random as well, mm-hmm. but you know whatever. Um, yeah, all this stuff like you know really gas. You know like spending her money that basically showing like she's got the final things in life and even says at the end like you know um fuck little sense for now you know she had a twin type of thing so again i think it's just sometimes that, like, part of the yeah, <laughs> personality yeah, yeah, yeah so um again very cliched concept but i think she's more than aware of that so it'll be interesting to see where the album kind of goes from this intro track mm. um again it's not into me you know obviously introvert and woman definitely bangers let's let's not get let's not get twisted so i'd say this is on the lower end for me but i think that new flow at the second half of the track i was mm-hmm. a big fan of that actually it kind of yeah, reminds yeah. me of when like and don't get crazy when i say this guys i know someone out there's just gonna like fucking just you know get triggered by this but it reminds me when like kendrick like releases like a new flow and he alters his voice a little bit because she she performed this live live on bbc radio 6 yeah. right and I yeah. saw it live I was like holy shit like she's got like a new flow that's I love when rappers do that and she was flowing like I really liked it so um, yeah I think in terms of like artistic progression she's definitely got me excited but, for sure um, yeah so I'm, I think I'm also interested to hear it like in the context of exactly. whatever's around it yeah that's like because as say. we know so many songs can take on new meaning when when they're heard in context of the whole album exactly so, I'm yeah. going to pre-order this on vinyl I hope you are too 100% we need to book our concert tickets, which we'll do after we this. We do. We'll do right. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it after this. I hope <laughs> the vinyl, just on a, you know, off note, I hope the vinyl is um, kind of like glitch coloured as well. Oh, I'll be so excited yeah. if it is. I hope it's uh, multicoloured. Like one's red, one's gold. I think she'll do that shit. I think, mm. you know, we'll talk about it after gold. We'll, yeah, we'll both okay. do it. Fuck it. We'll commit to this. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so you got your spotlight artist again, guys. Um, subscribe to the Vinyl Collective we always forget to do this shit don't we uh, follow us on uh, Vinyl Collective pod on Instagram on Spotify is the Vinyl Collective you can find our podcast as well as all our playlists 
one of them being our spotlight series so again if you are new me and john alternate on weeks on our spotlight artists so one week john will give you one another week i'll give you one so this week is john's week and he has for us navy blue so take yeah. it away john yeah navy blue um i think i came across him and at like the end of 2019 so maybe a year and a half ago mm-hmm. um probably just doing a general you know work what's the what's the word where you go into a hole was it not a word rabbit hole down, down the rabbit hole of like oh sweatshirt and all the related artists mm. um and yeah obviously came across navy blue I was like who is this guy this is crazy i don't want to say he's better than Noah sweatshirt but he he does those like i, I think i prefer listening to him mm. than Noah sweatshirt um but yeah the guy guy's like a great lyricist he's he's also like a full-time like professional skater um, <laughs> oh fuck it was why not it? Why? of course of course not LA you know anything goes um, but yeah excellent excellent artist so he released um, last year he released his um, I think it was like his second studio album um, oh. called Songs of Sage Post Panic uh, and I thought that was excellent so if anyone you know wants to go beyond the two songs we put on the playlist and actually listen to a full project I would recommend starting there um, I think it's slightly more accessible, dare I say it, than um, his previous one, which was called Arda Irin. Um, there's like a Mo's Death feature, uh, Billy Woods, Maxo. Um, you know, if people are kind of tuned into that scene, they'll probably recognise those names. Um, but yeah, just as like a general overview, like lyricism, uh, like pretty understated uh, kind of production. So it's kind of similar to our sweatshirt in that sense so if you like that kind of thing um you'll probably probably be into navy blue um yeah cool um yeah discover comments yeah because um, yeah i kind of first caught of navy blue on again through our sweatshirts last album some rap songs and he was on the song the mint and i liked the way he was talking right me it's like um every man knows many men and he had like little lines there i was like oh i actually like this guy quite a bit and then um again they're quite a tag team as well because um I remember you mentioned the Alchemist EP that came out, this thing of ours. I actually gave that a listen mm. as well. And obviously him and, again, him and L again, just have such great, like, um, what's it called? Chemistry. And I think out of all of these, like, I'm going to call them, like, brevity rappers, I feel like he's definitely the most um, legible. Was that word? I'm going to say that. Yeah. Probably the most legible one out of the bunch, where he feels like he can kind of, like, he has, like, the right tempo, where it's, like, it doesn't feel like he's, like, you know, taking a pound of ketamine while she's rapping. It does feel like there's some energy to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I've liked Navy, Navy Blue for quite a while. In terms of a project, yeah. So, I think, yeah, you definitely had to put me towards that. I will give him a whole project. But every time I've heard him, I have really had a problem with him. So, yeah. So, yeah. go and check him out, guys. Check him out. Yeah, we've got two songs on there. I think I put four, 1491 and I think Breathe as well, which is the song with Mo's Def or Yasin Bey. Uh, hate when artists do that by the way but whatever the fuck as if you didn't build a whole legacy off this one name you're like actually no I just want to be a regular person now it's too late you're fucking artist can't be regular but whatever whatever there we go I think that, yeah that kind of does us we will be back after a short break onto the main bit of the episode cool see you in a bit right we are back and we are joined by a special guest. I, we say special all the time, but this one's pretty special because 
you know, <laughs> John, you might agree with this sentiment, but when it comes to certain episodes, right, like, it's not like we always have a pick of the litter. And I think particularly for this type of episode, to be honest, he'd be the one who do it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a fucking music nerd, isn't he? He loves music just as much as us, so he's going to do it. And two, <laughs> he's probably the only person who is a famous that could do this type of episode, right? Contrary to popular belief where, you know, everyone reviews music these days. Not many people, you know, when they're putting a pressure cooker can really, you know, spout out. I think people realise, oh my gosh, we have to, have to speak about music for an hour. Oh my gosh, it's pretty hard. Like even some good people within the show kind of struggle with that. So mm-hmm. we brought Hamza on, also known as Hams. Yeah. Um, he is the founder, don't know a co-founder, but definitely yeah. a founder, yeah, founder, founder. the um, Mic Check platform. So they do yeah. music reviews. They do like a lot of journalism regarding music. He is also a writer and con- content creator. So he's not, he's not just having like minions do his shit for him. He's, he's there as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why don't you just kick us off and kind of give us more of a, I guess, background around Mic Check. Why did it kind of come about? things like that yeah um yeah so your guys i'm hamza um yeah i founded my check like four years ago um because i kind of just i kind of just spotted a little little like something missing in terms of like in the uk scene where i felt like there was a lack of like comprehensively written reviews do you get me like in the way that um the infamous pitchfork for example rolling stone enemy like you get all these publications um, talking about UK music, uh, international music as well. But I felt like there was a lack of coverage for like uh, reviews for the UK rap scene in particular, uh, especially when it came to like mixtapes and stuff like that. And even just kind of, um, I wasn't spotting as much callbacks to like like the the kind of um, foundations of of the scene. Like nowadays, especially. Nowadays a bit better, but you know, like 10 years ago and that, um, the only way you could find sort of information on like the development of the scene was through YouTube videos, you know, yeah. 240p or, or like forums and that. So yeah, like my aim was to kind of start changing that narrative and be like, you know what, let's add some like, let's really articulate something properly for the UKC. And um, another one of the missions of Mike Check is to kind of just bridge the gap between British and American music. Um, like for me personally I don't have to pick and choose like a lot of UK listeners they're strictly UK yeah. and a lot of American listeners they're strictly American so I really want to kind of just bring all all hip-hop fans together and just be like you know what forget these boundaries and that let's just like mm-hmm. let's just, let me show you lot like in terms of the international people like the good music we have over here and we can kind of share and connect about it so yeah I, I do that on the website um, the socials as well are kind of you know, supplement it with different types of posts and that. Yeah. And yeah, man, that's pretty much me. Yeah. I have to say off the bat, like in terms of like music websites, first of all, it's one of the nicest looking websites because there are a lot of websites out there, right? That like music critics have. <laughs> and they are, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are, oh, I can't, I can't, what, I can't find my way around. But your website is like, me? no. Oh, I think what websites kind? where there's like just so much information there, like, it's, you know what John's I trying to describe, right? It's oh, like, remember when, like, back in 2001, when the internet was a thing and people didn't know how to, like, put ads on the screen? Yeah, yeah. Shit okay. like that. Like, yeah. or, like, literally, it feels like something straight out of, like, the Pixel days, where, like, you know, they were like, oh, you can build your own little website. <laughs> yeah, it feels yeah, like some yeah, of these, like, literal, like, real music kind of platforms, well, in mm. the UK, allegedly, yeah. and, like, kind of, like, 
their websites just like the navigations all were like we are in 2021 like do you know what I mean? like html5 yeah. is a thing like what the fuck yeah. is this so yeah i don't really get what you mean yeah, it's, now, a, it's a well well presented website but then yeah, obviously no, first thank you like range wise as well it's nice to see like a uk you know like music aficionado who actually talks about someone from like oh they do like a a post about like Nas's albums, then they'll talk about like yeah. Matt Comey. And I'm like, oh, yeah, someone yeah. actually listens to him as well. Like, is one of your guys, was it you that did a review of um, Pray for Haiti? Um, it was actually did? one of my, my, my uh, the writers we have on my check, um, Alex, big up Alex. Um, he's a big underground head. Yeah. And we kind of, we kind of like go back and forth in terms of like sharing music. Cause I'm like, mm. this is what I do. I'm kind of like, let me put you on to the UK stuff. And then you could put me onto the American stuff that isn't really catching my radar. So we go back and forth on that. Yeah, he's like an underground expert, to be honest. So yeah, I love, listen, like any type of rap, we'll cover it. it. It don't matter how many streams they get or how many monthly listeners they got, you know, like if it's good music, it's good music. That's that's all that matters. So like I said, it's, it's a tough, it's a really small team. So we don't really get the chance to kind of cover everything we want to. But, you know, like mm. we really try our best to kind of just like, you know what I mean? Like, cover stuff that actually deserves mm-hmm. to be covered you feel me yeah mm-hmm. no, i get you i mean and, that, and that's fair right i mean compared to a lot of other people because there just seems to be a weird notion that you should just be the one person who knows as much music as possible and that's that bullshit like uh, don't get me wrong i like anthony fantano as much as the next guy <laughs> but like i think a lot of people look at that and be like yeah like the only way you can know about music is if I just kind of find all these artists first. Like, that's not how it fucking goes. That's you know what? so corny, man. That's yeah, you know what I mean? Germany, hundreds of albums within one genre gets released every single week. Like, there's no way you're doing that legwork by himself. And there's no way he's doing it by himself. But a lot of people want to be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm so smart about music. Oh my gosh, look at this artist you don't know about. It's like, okay, yeah. come off your fucking high horse. Do you know what I mean? Like, then again, you know, there is a balance, right? You can't know no fucking music, right? But like at the same time, yeah, it's good that you have like a team to kind of put you on. I mean, that's how you kind of build your catalog. You have to just speak to people yeah. and just, you know, go. But funny like- you mentioned Fantano, yeah, because I feel like, again, like his his fan base kind of put him on the pedestal and mm. it's, he kind of gets the kind of inflated head about it. Mm. You get me? Like it's it's just like he is, his fan base really rely on him for recommendations. And, and it, I feel like it gets to his head, it gets to the fans' heads and then, people start putting other people on a pedestal that they might have even asked for, but now like, okay, I'm in this position now. So yeah. I kind of have to live up to this now. I need to give you the underground picks. I need to give you the <laughs> indie stuff, yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, you know what? Like me personally, I don't consider myself like a music expert or that. I'm not, I'm mm. not well-versed on every single genre like that. I feel like hip hop mm. is my specialty. I don't like to indulge too much in terms of music in general. I try to keep it very like concentrated hip hop. Yeah. It is definitely my specialty. Um, regardless of um, regardless of subgenre, regardless of decade, mm-hmm. you know, eighties up till now, I'll have Nas on my playlist. Then I'll be I'll be bumping Future the next. Like mm-hmm. that's just me. Like I yeah. like all forms of it. So again, like I said before, man, appreciation for all forms of music, but hip hop especially, man. There's so much like good music out there. So gotta cover it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Before before we move on, I saw one of your recent tweets was the new Sim song. Uh, you said album of the year pending. Is that is that how you're feeling? At this point, after hearing these singles back to back to back, <laughs> listen, every one is so distinct. You get me? Like I'm hearing a different different style in each one. And it's like, okay, when you give me that, fair enough. The first two was like, she definitely tried to contrast it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, with introvert and woman. Um, 
But now hearing this third one was a bit more left field. Like I don't know if you guys agree. It's yes. very yes. It's, it's left field. It doesn't sound it, structurally. It just sounded very very different. Especially in terms of what we get to consume in UK rap. To mm. get me, like I feel like she's pushing new new sonical boundaries. I was actually uh, chatting to Tops the other day. You know, mm. we, we were kind of talking about grey area and mm. how good that is. And then I was kind of saying that this next one could top it. Like I'm really in yeah. that mode right now. Um, yeah. See. yeah, I feel like if, if it's not album of the year, especially because I feel like the second half of the year, this is this is crunch time. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. A lot of artists they're gonna start. Listen, they're bringing out the big guns now. So you get me. Everyone's kind of had the kind of waiting period that they wanted. Now everyone's waiting for the big boys to drop. So yeah. the, the pressure's on for everyone. September so far away, but because <laughs> I don't like to. I don't have to go in with too many expectations, regardless yeah. of how sick the artist is. How, like I could be the biggest mm. fan, I could be a total stand of the artist. I try to keep keep my excitement on the low, yeah, like kind of level headed. But this one, I wouldn't be surprised if it is an album of the year. I'm feeling that way still. See, guys, it's not just me saying it now, so you can get up the fuck off my back. Like everyone, I don't know who's on your back, man. I mean, I like, know. you know, it's so annoying, right? Because again, like, I'm gonna refer to this because why the fuck not? It's, it wouldn't be bad collective if I didn't talk some mad shit, right? So Please. I watched that video on um, that chord video that they're talking about, like, um, UK music and American music, right? And you know that one, which one's better? You mean, like, yeah, like, do you yeah, mean, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And you know, one of those ones where it's like. You don't, they don't, both sides don't even realize they're both wrong for the different, for different reasons. Okay. So, yeah. Why the why? Elaborate. So, why, okay, cool. So, you have the people back in the UK using saying, yeah, we have real rap, whatever the fuck that means. You know what I mean? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel that's a, that's a term. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Whatever. We have real yeah. rap, we have drill, all these things, right? And just saying, saying, basically, saying for the, for the size that we have, oh, we're doing amazingly well, which there's so many flaws with that, right? Because yeah. some of the biggest rock bands of all time have come to the UK. America's oh. bigger. How the fuck did that happen? Anyways, okay. so I mean, you got the other side basically saying, oh, like, you know, but American music is always dominating this and the other. But the ones that the UK artists that actually are doing well and are could be considered, you know, best of all time, best mm. of the decades, they get zero fucking play. Do not listen mm. to these guys who say they listen to all these like niche artists. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. Yeah. No one's spinning knocks. No one's spinning fucking Che Lingo or Little Sims. They're not doing that. They made a couple yeah. singles, I promise you. So when it comes to Little Sims, I think literally because people haven't caught on or because maybe the wave is now and they can't be bothered to like backtrack, I think people really, really, really underestimate Little Sims kind of run right now. Like she is in a serious prime right now where I can put her above some of the best in the US. And that should be touted. Yeah, I agree. But, but because of so many factors, right, which we're going to get into in this episode, it's just not going to happen. So I'm just happy that someone else has kind of like um, validated the things that I thought about Little Sims for the past. I, like, listen, man, years. like you, you must have felt like you're going crazy. Like, Literally, no, honestly. <laughs> It's just it's so frustrating to deal with sometimes because you get all these weird comments that don't mean anything. They'll be like, "Yeah, she's good, but she's not that good." Okay, explain why she's not that good. They can never oh, back it up. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, wait. I'll be waiting for the for the for the evidence. Yeah. I'll be waiting for the actual like well thought out points. But <laughs> exactly. Is it they're just churning out whatever they can just for the sake of an argument? Do you exactly. Get me? Like again, like when 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 I'm watching these kind of online debates happening. I'm like, is that even worth putting in my two cents when people just don't even understand what you're saying? I feel like you might feel like the same way. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it might feel like a, like a, like a lost cause. Yes. That's, that's why I kind of, I try to take that 
outside of the social media realm and I'm like, mm. okay, you know, let me put it in written form because like exactly, Twitter, yeah. like you're just trying to fire off different points at once. And it's like, bro, uh, like there's only 200-ish characters that you can try fitting. And what are you going to do? You're going to make a yeah. thread on a thread and put all your little points down. It, it's not going to flow. It's not 100%. Gonna work, and yeah. you know what kills me the most? And John, I know you can 100% relate to this. It's when you talk about an artist, like you just come about, right? You're talking about an artist or you kind of give your grading of like albums or something like that. And then someone comes there with a fucking like, I don't know, smoke pipe. It's like, actually, I think, I think um, MF Doom's better than Freddie Gibbs or whatever the fuck. And <laughs> they will say this, no, they have not listened to an album of one of those artists. It happens so often. And it's they so probably noisy. don't even know who Victor Vaughn is. Literally, exactly. no, it happens so... John, you know what I'm talking about. So it happens do, so I fucking do. often. Someone will be yeah. like, oh my gosh, this artist is way better than this artist. Okay, for what reasons? Oh, what about this album? Oh, I actually, I haven't listened to a whole album of that person, but I just know they're not that good from what I've heard. Yeah, recently, what was it? I, I can't even remember who did it, but it was like a kind of big podcasty thing. There was like a panel there and they were talking about Kanye West albums. And there was someone there that like hadn't listened to any Kanye West albums past like, uh, what was it? They they hadn't listened to Jesus. They hadn't listened to Eight Oh Eight Heartbreaks. Now there's there's a T Lop, the Life of Pablo onwards fan mm. base. I see it mm-hmm. on on Insta a lot, bro. They uh, there's a lot of people out there who think Life of Pablo is his best album. I, I see those takes, and oh, I know gosh. I know what age group that is as well. So <laughs> yeah. I know you can assume what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, listen, man. Like people, um, like back to the Freddie thing, yeah. Like when they're talking about these comparisons, they're literally only talking about bandana and pinata. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> they're talking about Betty. Yeah, they're talking add, about Freddie. Yeah. Exactly. They'll add in um Alfredo. But mm. they, they only care about the collab- for, some, for some spice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh what Alfredo as well. Album of the rap album of the year. You know what I mean? Mm. Bloody blah. It's like, bro, he literally had Shadow of a Doubt. He's had the self-titled, he's had You Only Live Twice, he's had ESGN. Mm. It's mm. like, bro, people, like I'm saying, like. Don't get involved in a conversation if you don't know your stuff. It's, it's yeah. really not that hard to kind of just take a step back and be like, you know what, I'll come back to this another time. But yeah. no, it's all about what's what's the what's the kind of hot topic right now. Mm. Oh, I'm a I'm a half rap fan. I got into it a couple of years ago. I feel like I know my shit now. Let me just mm. give my two cents. But mm. everyone's entitled to an opinion. But just back it, back <laughs> it up. Exactly. All you got to do is back it up. That's not that hard in my opinion. Just back it up. If it don't make sense, it don't make sense. That's it. Mm. Uh, I mean, one more thing I want to touch on before we kind of just move on to the topic um, is that you kind of mentioned in your tweet when you kind of had your four-year anniversary last week for Mic Check. Again, yeah. congrats for that. Yeah, thank you. But, man, thank um, you. but yeah, you said that you kind of got snubbed by other like content creation sites. Like kind of, if you know, if you can care to expand, what would you kind of mean by that? Yeah, um, it's it's kind of like, um, it's, it's tough writing for other people. I'll, I'll be honest like that. Mm. It's, um, you're not in control of your ideas. Mm. And um, you're not in control of the opportunities you're going to get. Um, so especially me when I kind of I started off my check, right? And then probably like, probably a year, maybe a year or two into it, I was kind of like, you know what? Now that I've got this foundation, I kind of have, I have like a, like a kind of portfolio, I guess, of articles yeah. Um, yeah. that I've all created myself. You get me on my platform and it's like, cool, I take it and I'm trying to write for other platforms just to kind of, I just wonder, innit? You know what I'm saying? It kind of made sense to me in terms of, excuse me, like a like a journal, journalism career and journey. So I kind of like, I would have like, you know when people, um, you're being as direct as possible. You're like, yeah. oh, I want to, um, I want to write about this, this, this. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, cool, cool, cool. I like those ideas. Like w- w- once you get those, yeah, we'll try and make it happen. But 
you end up it ends up going somewhere you didn't expect it to go. You're like you're out here writing like like news articles that mm-hmm. it's like there's no really no benefit to, um, especially for your own um, uh, like kind of. I always want to improve as a writer. Like creative need, right? Creative need. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always feel like when I'm looking back at a piece, I'm like, you know, I could have done that better, man. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the way I explained that. I always want to want to one up myself. So I I couldn't really do that when. Like when I'm saying I want to write reviews, um, especially reviews, right? It was like, cool, people people didn't want me to do that. If they did, they would have been kind of straightforward and be like, cool, what, what album do you want to review? Oh, this one? Cool, let's let's schedule it, all that stuff. Um, and it, it didn't happen, but I feel like that's because in the UK scene, there's that platforms don't want to write reviews because of the relationships they have with artists. Like 100%. they, they, it's, <laughs> it's actually um, it's, I don't know what the word for it, but it's just it's not cunning, but it's just disingenuous. I, I, yeah, disingenuous. I'm like, okay, you, you like you kind of wanna, you have all these relationships that you don't wanna spoil because that artist might not wanna work with you because okay, you had a review and then it was kind of like a, maybe it was a positive review, but they just kind of had couple critiques that that didn't rob you the right way yeah yeah yeah. and and then when when that happens right it's like okay then it it clearly affects the platform then it clearly affects the foundation they have and and that's why that i I didn't have my chance to kind of write reviews for other places and then that's why and then when that was happening when i it wasn't like like i said it wasn't a direct thing but you know when you just clock on you're like Mm. you're like cool if you wanted to you already like i already said it and you want you are you asking me to to write X Y Z that has nothing to do with that, <laughs> so that kind of explained it to me. And I was like, I wanted to change that. This yeah. was my whole point of pitching it. I was like, I want to change this. I want to not even just change, just start the foundation of of reviews because, right. like, again, people can say what they want about reviews here, like just one person's opinion and that. But like in ten years time, like this stuff gets backlogged. This stuff gets re- referenced, sourced forever. It lives yeah. on the internet forever. When, when, like, let's say, like a, I don't know, like ten years from now, yeah, like a fifteen-year-old guy from from the UK wants to get into rap, right? He wants to know what the classics are. Yes. How is he gonna find that stuff? You get me? Because they do the Googles, right? It's like, okay, for example, Gigs Walk in the Park. Oh, let me find what people have been saying about Gigs Walk in the Park. So, Gigs Walk in the Park review, Google, boom, send, nothing, nothing yeah, there. Yeah. L- no, nothing at all yeah. so like it's just, it's just like certain pla- like platforms just like love to kind of gatekeep stuff like that and it's like oh let's all be nice and civil and you know ha- i don't know prevent any drama i, could, like, I oh. completely agree with you because it's something it's something we've said before on this podcast right like we haven't you know we haven't got the biggest following like but we have these like like core values of like being genuine mm-hmm. critiquing artists when they need to be critiqued it's what matters the most and like mm-hmm. people people do eventually notice that. And like when, when a, a serious like listener of music wants to come and read a review, they will find, like they will find you and they'll yeah. find us. Um, exactly. And kind of like what you're saying, hundred percent true people in the future are going to come back, which is why like you do reviews that are effectively timeless. And why we try to do episodes that aren't just like prisoner of the moment stuff yeah. like this could be yeah. talked about in five years and it will still be relevant. Um, exactly. And like, you know, you don't want kids in 10 years, looking for music from 2021 and finding like 
top 50 draw tracks released mm. in the week of June the 5th. <laughs> like, come on. I don't want that. And thinking, this is yeah. a classic. It just came yeah, out six yeah. months ago. <laughs> yeah. No, and none just of the to, artists will be relevant anymore. Just, that, just to know. kind of add on to what you guys said, right? Because I'm going to, I'm going to like formulate this into a question, right? The amount of times, especially when I did like, um, was it my April challenge? Was it April? March. March. You didn't oh, yeah, March it was March. April. Yeah. yeah. The, the amount of messages I got. So when I shat on an album that everyone really <laughs> liked, the amount of messages I got secretly <laughs> be like, yeah, actually, I don't get why everyone um, thinks the album's good. Mm. Like, or the opposite way, when I praise an album, everyone shits on. Like, yeah, like, actually, I don't get why people don't like this girl. Maybe it's pretty privileged. Maybe it's colorism. You know, I'll give a little, you know, little teasers ah, for that. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So, little, yeah, yeah. so many, but they'll never say it in public, right? Like, I've literally seen people, I think, John, you can test this. I Get messages about your music <laughs> yeah. opinions. Well, just say, people can attest this 100%, <laughs> right? So many times. I, I don't give a fuck. But there's also times where people kind of um, will shout out like content creators, like let's uh-huh. say um, a mixtape madness or mm. a complex UK. And mm. they'll be like, oh my gosh, guys, this is yeah. amazing. Or um, I don't know, what's the other one? Link up TV. Like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And then yeah. you you ask about it. Like, Actually, I don't really give a fuck about it, but I was want to build a good rapport with them. I'm like, fuck me, man. Like, what type of what type of slave I, I relationship? See is I see this? that a lot. I yeah, ex- a lot. exactly. So my question is like, do you feel like there's like a bit of integrity kind of lost when you do kind of go down this path, especially currently in the UK as like a music content creator? Um for in terms of observations, yes. For me personally, um, I feel like my, my work will speak to this where it, it generally is all about integrity for me. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to like, like bullshit my way through a 200 word review. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where people just get, don't really flesh it out and stuff like that. Like that's what, that's what pe- people, people try. I feel like the writing scene in general is, is, is a strange one. And it's like, I, I struggle to find my place within it. Um, because I, I do, I do see that kind of, Oh, I don't know what it is, man. Is it, is it kissing ass? Yes. I, I yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it kind of that's is. The, that's the technical term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> Colloquially kissing ass. Yeah, so it's like, I do like, it's kind of, it's, it's like, it's, it's in a specific realm and that realm is Twitter. Um, yeah. That's a bigger conversation in terms of, oh yeah, like a sheep mentality and stuff. Mm. But I, I do see it and I'm, I'm just like, yeah, you kind of are only writing this because um, it's the most popping thing and it 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 will get you the clicks or it will it will get you the the kind of cosign you're looking for in terms of right. the higher ups and, and the gatekeepers or whoever they may be you get me and uh man like I, I like i feel like okay that as well yeah and it's also the integrity is lost because people aren't writing the substance that's actually required like i go back to the news articles thing yeah when they say when there's a lot of like the writing scene nowadays is made up of um in the UK, yeah, is like, oh, this new drill rapper dropped this new music video, go check it out. One hundred percent. And and, it, and I'm like, okay, 100%. like maybe that is necessary in, in a in a small dose, right? But then then but then why why are the writers having to spend all their time writing five, ten of these a week when you you lot aren't commissioning or giving them the opportunities to Maybe I don't know if the, it's it's artist dependent, but mm. I'm sorry, writer writer dependent, yeah. But me speaking for myself, I'll be like, okay, cool. Maybe I'll write a couple of these, but I want you to commission me a, a very sick idea I, ha- I have about like a, maybe for example a certain uh, period of UK rap that when um that didn't like, the form the formula the formula formulative years for example, mm. yeah. But these like these platforms aren't interested in that. 
yeah. like I just said earlier, yeah, where they they will they will kind of um, kind of shelve your ideas and just be like, okay, no, just just write this, just write that. And I feel like that influences writers to kind of get caught up in that mentality mm. of yeah. you know what I have these creative ideas, I'm not really getting the opportunity for it, so they're just like. Oh, you know what? Like, forget it. I'm just gonna kind of build my name, build my clout through mm. doing and writing what I have to write. Yeah, it's mm. literally what they have yes. to write. It's probably not what they want to write. You know, why would you want to spend your time, like, when you have all these other ideas that you want to get out? Do you get me? Yeah. So again, like for me especially, it's like again, like I'm not, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm no famous writer. I'm still trying to trying to find my lane. Like I said, but it's just because my thing is is so so away from the from the center of all that, all right. where it's like okay, it doesn't demotivate me. It kind of mm. just keep, makes me keep going. So yeah. I feel like other writers, um, like whoever's out there, just try get that integrity back within yourself. It's definitely hard doing it by all by yourself. Like I said, there's not that many platforms out there who offer, like in terms of like the kind of big fish slash like middle-sized fish, like there's not many. So again, when it comes to me, I was like, a responsibility of, of having your own platform by yourself. And it's like trying to, trying to, trying to grind it out for years and years it's a tough ask so mm. yeah, again yeah. like pe- people um people struggle with that so again man there's loads of different shades to yeah. it man it's tough yeah. for sure yeah should we um i guess the like the main topic in terms of what we're looking at today you know they want they don't want to give no props this whole attitudes and this whole like kind of these observations we've made about uh kind of like the music scene like the consumers as well not just artists relates to to this idea of um, kind of, you know, UK artists who are growing big fan bases elsewhere because the UK scene either doesn't appreciate them or isn't ready for their music. Um, so yeah, I guess just throwing it to you, first of all, get your kind of general opinion of, um, yeah, of this topic. Like, do you, do you see it as um, a phenomenon that there are artists in the UK that just aren't appreciated here and then they go to the US and they are? Yeah, I feel, I feel like this is... Um this topic is like we're kind of talking about a very selective bunch but it's a very important bunch mm-hmm. if you get what i'm saying it's like i feel like it ha- it's happened for a while when when you look i feel like f- probably for the last 20 years even from the beginning yeah where it's like art- artists like uk artists they're trying to they're really trying to get their name out of there right and it's like obviously you got to start at home so that's where you're comfortable right that's it like, okay mm-hmm. this is my 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 extended reach I have, I'm a brand new artist. What do I do? Um, and then they try and do something that's that's kind of not following the trend of what's going on. And then they're like, okay, you know what? This ain't working out for me here. What do I do? And I feel like there's a, there's a bunch of artists, especially recently, that's something that's kind of happening over the last five, 10 years. And like the volume at which it doesn't happen, like I said, is not crazy. I feel like it's not. But I feel like there's there's so many different ways to unpack it because there's it's a case by case situation, but when it does happen, it, it depends on the audience that are trying to check for them. I feel like yeah. me personally, I feel like people aren't checking for these artists. People aren't like looking for them because no, that's, yeah, I true. I feel like the the main point I try to get to is that I feel like we're in a comfort zone. Mm. In, in the UK it's, I feel like it's a massive comfort zone when it comes to taste when it comes to discovery as well and again what do you mean of, by that in terms of comfort zone what do you mean by that a comfort zone where we are used to hearing the same two three genres all the time 
Mm-hmm. And that's we, a stretch. Two. Well, yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll say two max here. Yeah. And it's like, and then when that happened, um, when you're again, this is me trying to think from their perspective, right? Because this, the UK is, I don't know, we're kind, of, we're relatively small, right? But yeah. we feel big, like we just feel like we're mm. we're just, we're so, we're some important people. So, yeah. and especially when the UK see, the music scene is is quite a big and prosperous scene, I'd say. But with the with the artists, when when they are trying trying to trying to like do something that deviates from those two genres, yeah, people aren't checking for it because it's not within their radar. Yeah. You get me? Like, I, I feel like I'm kind of spewing different points at this year. There's, there's so many different things to it, but the it's it's because when these two when these two genres are kind of what everyone's used to, no one's checking for anything else because they love those one or two genres too much. Yeah, and they're like, you know what? I'm I got my taste now. Boom. Done, dusted. That's what I need, really. I kind of just need anyone who's making this sound, anyone new who's coming out who's making that sound. I, I love that sound so much. I just want it, want it, want it. And mm. I don't, frankly, I don't need anything else. I feel like that—that's what starts this issue. Mm. It, I feel like there's more to it, but that's where I feel like it starts because people won't be if people want these artists won't be in people's radar if it's not what they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, like, let's kind of let's kind of kick off with that because I think you kind of start off on a good point. We'll kind of we'll go all over the houses this one. We don't have like yeah. a real set way to go about it. I got but, I got bare scattered thoughts on this. Yeah, <laughs> no, my, 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 my way, so I actually wrote about this um quite a couple of years ago actually on the, my blog. I was talk, I had like two posts about this and talks about like why do some UK artists kind of achieve success within the UK and why do some of them achieve it kind of elsewhere? So in terms of like let's just start with the sound as you mentioned, right? So I feel like. Again, one good thing from the court video I will say is that, yeah, people do focus on one genre at a time. It's like, there's one genre that is prevalent and when that genre is not prevalent, then if that genre, if you, if there's any other genre, for example, right now it's drill, right? Mm. And UK hip hop or UK rap, just regular rappers, yeah. that's like way down the line. Do you know what I mean? Like with, below UK R&B, below pop, all that shit. Like it's just way down compared to the rest. Yeah. So because it, by definition, because it's not, relative to what's going on right now they're different so because of that they're just not going to get picked up even though they have all the elements of good rappers right or good mm. singers so um do you think a large part of it is the fact that so i also mentioned this as well do you think i think my theory was kind of that a large part of these uk artists who are really talented but aren't getting love in the uk is because they don't sound like uk artists they sound a bit more like american artists or the way they kind of rap is the fundamental or the way they kind of rap or sing is quite they're taking fundamentals from america mm. and it's not like the bad it, it's just the fundamentals come from there and that's why people don't jive to it, it that's kind of the thought i go what do, what do you think about that uh i feel like in certain cases that's true um especially mm. when i feel like that is more uh relevant to the kind of r&b scene that don't get the love that they deserve because they're already singing in an American accent. Like that singing mm. in general just is, is universally pretty much American unless you're like a, a Lily Allen or, or whatever, yeah. yeah. But um, I feel like that that happens less in in the um, in the rap spaces because looking, historically looking at it, well, rap came from America anyway. Mm. Um, when, when the... The, the UK hip hop scene started to kind of formulate in the nineties, right? It was, they're being influenced by New York boom bap, right? Mm. And that's why in the early 2000s, yeah, you had a lot of underground boom bap artists like like Task Force, Foreign Beggars, these kind of people, Skinny Man as well, 
and they were influenced by that stuff. And then the road rap scene came that was influenced by gangster rap over there, 50 cent G unit Dipset. They, they loved all of that, you know? So that happened. And then, and then drill again, if you go like, this is the first, this is the kind of three main ones apart from grind, which I, I kind of I justifiably skipped because that, I feel like that's one of our own original unique products, but yeah. any, of, any other genre we've kind of indulged in, it's come from somewhere else and we've yeah. kind of developed it and kind of added our own accent and added our own spin to it. So when I, and then when I pick those out, right, the only ones that worked are grime and drill essentially, and I'm talking just UK rap specifically, mm-hmm. there's definitely way more genres to it, but those only worked because, because well, the, 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 the drill one was kind of so derivative from the Chicago drill one, which is why I feel like that it has an audience over here. And then the grime one, the grime scene was kind of so unique in, in itself where it felt unapologetically UK and yeah. British. And I feel like, I feel like us, we, we love, if we're not like, I'm like, there's a debate where you can identify as British, right? But in terms of being from the UK, a lot of people love being from the UK. They love to rep it and stuff like that. So they only want to, I feel like a lot of people only want to rep what what represents the country. Do you get okay, me? Right. So, yeah. And I feel like, again, back to your point where if people are making a different sound that is is kind of going, is taking influences from elsewhere, it doesn't, it doesn't match with our identity. So it's like, mm. oh, they're just kind of doing that thing over there, but I don't really resonate with that because I, mm. I want I want these these lot to talk about stuff that I relate to and etc. Mm. and stuff like that. I feel like that that's a very that's a very prevalent thing. I feel like I feel like that's where it comes from. Mm. John yeah. Fox? Yeah, I don't know. A few I mean, there are, I'm sure there are like multiple theories. One of them just being that like UK listeners just don't I think we mentioned it last week, just don't have the attention span or ability to like take in multiple genres at once like you said like it's grime or drill right now like mm. and there, there's not really the space for for rappers who are maybe a little bit influenced by american trends or who are just trying to like forge their own path you mentioned shay lingo we talked about little sims and then there's like a plethora of r&b artists as well who aren't just like they're not really the kind of artists that you're gonna have on like a because we get the whole like rap R&B crossover, yeah. but there are R&B artists who don't want to cross over. They just want to stay in their lane. And like, yeah. like you have, what is it? Um, so like Neo, she's, um, yeah. she calls herself like wonky funk, right? She's yeah. a sasa genre. Like she just wants to keep developing her own music and kind of go down different paths. And that isn't really marketable in the UK at the moment, because if we're listening to an R&B artist, we want to hear a rapper on their track. And if we're hearing rappers, yes. We want to get a couple of like melodic rap tracks on their album. So if you're not in either of those lanes, you're not really going to be appreciated a huge amount. Um, I think another thing is just in the UK, it seems like we don't appreciate people in the moment. I feel like it, like institutions as well. I don't know, like MOBOs or whatever. I feel like they take a while to catch up. Like yes. Wiley, Wiley won his first MOBA in 2013. And the guy had been around for like way over a decade had basically... Mm-hmm. Wow. it was like the godfather of of grime and yet it mm-hmm. takes it takes till 2013 to to give him some kind of um like material recognition can i add a span into that kind of yeah, yeah. you like I, like you mentioned the fact that we're we're kind of not ready for it and then we're, we're kind of also touching on this comfortability factor right yeah what people are used to hearing i feel like this kind of kind of 
it gives a different side to it because I feel like a lot some of these artists, right? Like the Simses, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like they are, I wouldn't say popular, but they have listeners. It's just not around us. It's not around our circle. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when we're when we're kind of looking at it, in terms of the UK, I'm gonna expand expand out of London and all that stuff, yeah. UK in general, United Kingdom, yeah. I feel like in terms of taste, there's two camps, pop and rap. Raps, yeah. the, raps the hip hop is the most popular genre right now. Like there's, there's no denying it, right? Like worldwide. When, and then when, like when I was younger, yeah, I was actually, um, I was really, I was really invested in, in the charts. Like I was like 11, 12. But yes. the, only re- the only reason I was invested in the, in the UK charts was because I wanted to see when my favorite rapper was landing. Because back in those days, like rappers didn't really chart top 10, even top 40. Yeah. So I was always looking out for, okay, okay, Tiny, tiny Temper. I want to I wanna see him hit that top five, top two, number yeah. one. And then when they were in, like when they were competing with the pop artists, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, just please just get the rapper to number one. I don't want that pop mm. guy to get the number one, right? And I feel like that that dynamic still exists today. Yes. Because it's, it's literally... If we take if we take our like fixation out of our bubble, right, which is mm. kind of um, our mates, our, the mm. timeline and mm. and the, the the culture, I guess you mm. know what I'm saying the, the kind of inner culture, right? If you expand it and you take it across the whole country, I feel like everywhere around dotted across the country, there's people listening on a certain level. I was taking a look at like Spotify monthly listeners mm. for for some artists, right? Like 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 Little Sims. Um, uh, I'd say like FK Twigs, uh, Bree Runway. I feel like all of, like some of these artists. That's kind of kind of relevant to what we're talking about. They they kind of the top monthly listeners by city is still London, which which is like right. I find it very interesting because it's like okay, I as well feel like these guys don't get the appreciation over here. They don't really have the fan mm. base. But is that just because it's not within my periphery? Is that just because I'm not seeing it? Or you get me? Like, <sighs> No, I think I'll one up on you on that actually. So here's an example, right? And this is a popular example. Everyone's gonna know this, right? It's our boy Dave, right? Dave, the yeah. prodigal son. So mm. he's been around since I think most people's like proof. No, actually not most people's, but people are us, right? So right. when he dropped his black box freestyle and he had like his street yeah. heat, stuff like that. So like, oh my gosh, who is this guy, right? Yeah, like 15 right. years old, right? So then a lot of people knew of Dave, exactly like what you're saying, right? People mm. knew of Dave, people appreciate him. Oh my gosh, he's such a great rapper, he's gonna be big one day. But it was up until and only until, and a lot of people they will not admit this, but you know, hey ho, can't put a gun to the head. It was only until Drake did the remix of Wanna Know. It's like, oh, who's that Dave guy? And his prominence and the way he gets love in the UK right now. If he, if he um, announced a tour in the in the London, it will set out immediately. But, but let's say he that never happened for him. There's so many artists that have been around way longer than Dave, and they're not legacy artists all of them, and they will never sell out a show as quick as Dave would. Sometimes I feel like it's it's a thing where I think I, I get what you're saying. And, and, and there's multiple things about it. And another thing I want to kind of talk about is that obviously a lot of the music we're talking about is music from black artists, right? And mm. a lot of black artists is consumed, a lot of black artists consumed by black people, people who engage in black culture. So mm. again, that's only like what, 2 million of a bloody 60 million country. Fair enough. I know it's not, it's not the easiest playing field. I understand that. However, mm. it's just, it's, it's crazy. Well, let's say, I'm not saying for all these artists to be the biggest artists in the country, right? But for mm-hmm. someone like, even the ones that cater 
to a general audience. So like Leanne Le Havis, for example, mm. she's been around for 10 years, 10 mm. years. And the fact that she's almost never won anything British-wise, anything, mm-hmm. that is like damn near egregious to me. Because so I think she was yeah. nominated for- She was nominated for the Sound Brit. of 2020. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, 2012, yeah. 2012. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, she was, so, she was. But again, she didn't win it, so- Yeah, I exactly. Think. So again, if you're a new artist, I don't expect you to win shit, like, right? But I think she's on her, what, third album now? She's a seasoned artist, but this is the uh-huh. difference, right? She's never been co-signed. Same with Nail, never been co-signed. So mm-hmm. all these artists that have never actually done that leap or teamed up with us, Pot Smoke or Summer Walker or God Drake to shout them out. Even Skepta, as long as Skepta's been around, Skepta's been around since like, well, early 2000s. Uh-huh. But you saw the difference between Blacklisted, which was still a successful album, mm-hmm. and Konnichiwa. What happened in between that? <laughs> Drake came around, oh my gosh. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so small, it's, right? It's but it's so significant. Time. And now, even if Drake never features with Skepta ever again in his rest of his life, Skepta mm. will still set out every show he does. Mm. So sometimes it's like, it's it's a, I hate to say it, and I know it's such a buzzword, but it's so hard driven by clout. It's insane because it's not these artists were shit up until you started gazing your eyes at them. Yeah. But some people don't want to be told this artist is great until someone else has said it outside someone who you um because people always say stuff like we shouldn't look at the us um huh. to say what's good but every time they do it suddenly the artist is one of the biggest artists in the uk every fucking time do you know why so, i feel like they feel on. silly with that yeah, you know them people who, who spot that and they say yeah. that same thing i feel like mm. I'm, i feel like this is going to be the same point you're making but um i'm going to kind of rephrase it right mm-hmm. i feel like Good. with the drake thing when, like we said, when when he co-signs someone, it's 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 another level. Like even mm-hmm. outside of rap, let's look at Sampha, right? The collaborations they right. would do that, yeah, like, yeah. that kind of kick. Now, all I feel like a lot of rap fans love love Sampha now. Do you mm-hmm. get me? Like it kind of brings you into a new lane, right? I feel like that's because, and it's not just with Drake, but it's it kind of the crux is Drake. But I feel like mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like talent spotting overseas is way better than over here in the UK. One hundred percent. Yeah, right. That's how I yeah. And I feel like I'll, I'll use two examples. Firstly, the, the example we're going to talk about, Drake, right? I feel like he has such a consistent pattern of, of finding artists, right? When they're pretty much a nobody or they're kind of bubbling like a Dave where I feel like Wanna Know was 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 getting there. I feel like people around me, like we're from South, right? So yeah. I feel like for me, around me, I already saw, I had, already had people around me listening to Wanna Know and, mm. and, 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 and you know what I mean? All those little, little songs and freestyles, right? But definitely on a wider scale when when drake comes it changes right but that's because mm-hmm. he's again with certain people you can say he didn't spot them during the start of their career yes yeah, blah 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 cool makes sense but a lot of them it's kind of before they've they've blown right mm-hmm. he's one of them and i feel like he just has a really good ear and and eye for for spotting something and being like that has potential yeah. and no one's tapped into it i don't know again we could always this is everlasting debate about what his intentions are mm. like for me does, that doesn't really matter like like he's like he's he's done his bit right number two like i feel like looking across the rest of europe yeah you just see all these other artists who don't really have the clout right but their shows sell out yes. you get me like germany france all these places <laughs> where artists go to these places people love them and and the funny part is, yeah, the, the UK artists who go to, um, like, tour across Europe, right? Like, they just say how, oh, yeah, this this city was the best, this city was the best. But 
they don't really mention London and all that. Yeah. <laughs> what well, one one brilliant example, right? Um, um, I I went to um Freddie Gibbs and Madlib show in twenty eighteen. It's the it boiler after, room. It, it wasn't boiler. It was at oh. Kentish O2 Forum. Oh, okay, cool. Right. Yeah, and and like Koji Radical was mm-hmm. um the opening act. Okay. Yeah. Um, and literally, uh, like. It, it, was, it was very painful because like he was so he was trying his best to give really give us a performance in his home city right and the crowd mm. was just not being responsive mm. like at all right and then he went he went on later and and then and then he, he was kind of speaking about it publicly right he's like oh yeah the london show was like one of my worst experiences i didn't mm. feel any love but he was just saying how when he went to europe and all that like the crowds were, were turned up they showed him so much love even if they didn't know him that much yeah they were still reciprocating that energy yeah. but over here i feel like the audience, the platforms, everyone's so <laughs> reserved. Everyone's reserved. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just like, you know what? I don't want to be the first. Yes. Sometimes they do. Yeah, but then they'll say it later. They'll say it later. Yeah. I was first. I was there way before you lot. But they're never first first. You get yeah. me? So, you just said, yeah, when people DM you privately, but they don't mm. say they don't say the same mm. thing publicly because of mm. the backlash they'll feel. Mm. You get me? I feel like it's the same thing. So the talent spotting over here needs so much work. And it, it starts from the listener, but it also goes up up the chain when we're talking about these record label execs, these ARs. If there's even mm. ARs nowadays, who knows? <laughs> you know, self-proclaimed ARs and that. Mm. Like these are the things that will, will will change this change this narrative that we have right now. And when when that does happen, like I really hope it does. And then when it does, yeah, people will actually just be like, you know what? I was I was just sleeping on it. I was just sleeping. Yeah. Or admit that I was literally not even looking in the first place and I really should have been. Yeah. yeah. John, thoughts? It's a good point. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with you guys. I think one, whether this is like a good example or not, I don't know. Like when I was saying <laughs> that like UK, I feel like UK listeners have a short retention span or like we listen to one thing and then drop it and wait for the next thing to arrive. Yep. I, I was I was looking up like um, number one albums in the UK, number one albums in the US and just like comparing it last year. And like, there are twice as many albums in the US charts last year that stayed for multiple weeks than the UK. And I feel like it's a bit of a trend, like looking back through previous years. And I don't know whether this is just like a terrible like citation in my essay, but like, oh but like I feel like it works. Like mm. it kind of backs up the point that like we listen to new stuff and then drop it and then wait for the next thing. Um, so maybe there isn't the, um, the kind of attention span. I don't know. Just no, I, 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 no, up. no, hundred percent. I think that, again, because I know again, because I think the whole size argument is complete horseshit. Because the reason why it doesn't make sense, if you're a local artist, that is not dependent on size. You are fans to the local. So if I'm a big London artist, mm-hmm. I expect my one and only good fucking show to be London. Yeah, doesn't yeah. matter how many people show up. Like if you know what I mean, do you know what I mean? Like my core fan base should be Londoners. The fact that it's, it's happened enough time or it's happened. And again, this has happened with artists who like are loved now, right? So if we talk about Tiana Major, Mahalia, 
Mm-hmm. LMA. LMA yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's so many of these examples. Now everyone loves them. Oh my gosh, yeah, British talent. Do you know what it's like, right? It's like you know when a footballer grows up and he's like, right, <laughs> you can either pick England, <laughs> pick your country back home. And it's like, you know what I mean? And you know what? Yeah, for them, it's like, you know what? Better prospects, stuff like yeah. that. So then they pick England, right? And everyone goes, you know, all the, all the um, locals will be like, oh, you know, he's not even British. He's not even mm-hmm. British. And then, you know. But well, they love him more over there. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They, they love, love him more over there. Yeah. But when this player scores a goal, for example, yeah. Raheem Sterling scores the other day, and mm. it's like, oh my gosh, yes, Britain's hero. Oh my god, yeah, we love him. That's exactly what happens in this fucking country with the music. Mm-hmm. Because so many artists, people act like they're just new. Like, you know, this isn't the Grammys where Megan Thee Stallion is a new artist. Some of these artists have been around for so fucking long. To the point, again, I'm not saying you need to put them on, you need to make statues for them, stuff like that. But the fact that you like act like they didn't even exist up until a certain, you know, key event. That is ridiculous. Again, let's contrast it to America, right? Let's say the average size of UK is like compared to a state in America, right? Uh, cool. There's so many state artists that set out all these tours in their state. That makes sense. If they didn't set out in the UK, no one's going to blink an eye. Do you know what I mean, when Freddie Gibbs was, you know, coming around in like 2013 or fuck, he wasn't setting out shows. No one yeah. gave a fuck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But again, it's like, I think one more thing I'm going to add here, because I know we're talking a lot about London. It mainly is London, guys. Sorry. I don't, I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> But like when it comes to the scene, I feel like maybe this is one little problem, but I don't think it's enough of a problem. I think the degrees of separation between any given person and another person in London, especially when we're talking about like black culture, is quite short. You might be like two or three people away from, you know, all the artists in the UK. So I think there's an element of, oh, I'm aware of this person or I know this person. So how can I think this person's like a God or amazing person when I know them or if they went to my school or stuff like that? I feel like there's still that element to that when it comes to like Towson artists. I don't know. What, what do you guys but, think? But I feel like, you know, when you're mentioning um, like everywhere else in the UK besides London, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, I okay, I feel like uh, people uh, people who live outside of London I feel like again, this is this is me just theorizing, yeah. So you mm-hmm. lot no, you think no, of this no, go ahead. is that they they aren't as spoiled with with talent as much as we are in London. Like the yeah. way, the, the volume of, of artists we get at such a very high and rapid rate mm-hmm. is nowhere near if you're talking Manchester, Birmingham, yeah. up top, like all that stuff. So I feel like I feel like they have to do more due diligence to find artists that they might like. Mm. I feel like there's two people, two types of people, right? In the UK. If you live outside of London and you want to know UK music, you pay to you pay attention to everything that's coming out of London. Yeah. Or if you're a different type of listener, I feel like that's more of the rap fan. I feel like if you, you're more of just a music person and you want to know good music, regardless of genre, you have to do your due diligence because you're not around that bubbling music environment. Mm. Do you get me? Like like I, like you said, yeah, right? People don't care about People care less, I'll say. Mm-hmm. I want to be disrespectful, but people care less or there's less of a spotlight in the uh, in terms of the music that's not coming out of London, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like when that happens, you have to get certain listeners who have to kind of um, kind of like mold and kind of change the way they approach music discovery. So, yeah. so like, yeah. what do you think? Do you think that's true? Do you think that's, no. that's the case over here? I mean, John, I'll say no to you. I've got to answer this one. I want to see what John thinks. Mm. You got to me. Uh yeah. Uh, the, the first when you were talking about um they've got to do their due diligence i agree like how many how many rappers are coming out of northampton apart from slow tie like if you're you know if you're from these areas and you've got to kind of be more yeah you've got to do you've got to do more homework because you you're looking around you and you're like 
there's not much, there's, there's there's not not much a huge amount of representation yeah. here. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I get your I get your point. Um, I don't know if I have too much else to say. Go on, tops. Okay, so the morning I I get what you're saying, and I think that was probably more true back in the day, but. You know what came out quite recently streaming right where we can find all these artists and be you know quite savants and that we found these guys for ourselves like i don't feel like and again i think this is such a huge fucking part as to why people act like they're fucking music experts i'm not a music expert but i don't know every fucking album i don't but i think because streaming has left you riddled with choice right riddled so a lot of people Again, and I've said this before, and I don't care if people disagree. If I truly like like an artist, streaming or not, I'm going to buy their record 100%. If we went back to the days where we only had to buy their, their records, a lot of these artists wouldn't be given the time of day. But because it's so much easier to be like, oh my gosh, an American artist I like mentioned this guy, let me go and check him out. Like, I feel like streaming has now made it so much easier to the point where there's no excuse. I can, I, if I wanted to listen to Birmingham artists all day, I could do that right now. It would not take me much to do that. It's so accessible. Similar to Northampton or Manchester or anything like that. It might not be amazing music, fair enough, but it's there. And again, that's how cultures are formed, right? Again, let's give an example. Some of the best Muay Thai fighters in existence are from Thailand, <laughs> not the biggest country in the world, right? You know, if we're going to use the, what, what does someone say, law of averages or numbers, right? Americans have some of the best Muay Thai fighters in the world and so should China because they got way more people. But it doesn't always work like that, right? It's a culture that's cultivated and, you know, mm-hmm. iron sharpening iron. Same way we mentioned grime, right? Why the fuck would grime exist if it was a thing about a people problem or a number of people? So I think... Some of these excuses, like, I'm not saying you're saying it as an excuse, Samuel, but I think a lot of people use these things as excuses in the sense of like, yeah, there's just not a lot of things around, but I Question think it's too accessible now. Question, yeah. Do casual listeners run the market? They don't, unfortunately. You don't think so? No. It's oh, no, way. no, no, they do. Sorry, explain. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. They 100% do. Sorry. Right. My bad. So do casual listeners take the time to sell Spotify, you think? I don't think, okay, they don't. I see, I see what you're doing there, but you know what is? I feel like the way the Spotify algorithm works, it's pretty sophisticated, actually, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, they, it's pretty good. Yeah. Team Spotify all the way. Yeah, 100%. You know, definitely not sponsored by Spotify. Sorry, sorry. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think the way they, the algorithm works, it does such a huge, it does so much legwork in terms of oh, suggesting artists yeah. to you. Yeah. Whereas yeah. that all you literally have to do is like, just click on the album cover we've never seen before and just see what happens. I think it's just more of an impatience of, um, and again, you don't even have to do that, but there's so many artists. Here's another example, right? That's going to age like the finest wine Mm. in the years to come. Bella, right? Bella dropped her colors, dropped her second colors not too long ago. Me and um, John did our spotlight. She had like, what, 30 something thousand monthly listeners. Yeah. Better's still not at that point yet. Right. So Bella's like, okay, she's, she's known. Some people give her shout outs. You know, some people know her. The moment Bella gets recognized by an American artist, see what happens. It happens every time. And people are going to act like they never knew who she was before. Is it because those people are the casual listeners? Potentially, they, yeah. They shouldn't yeah. be. Wait, are you asking that, the numbers go up because of the casual listeners? Yeah, so once they yeah. hear the, the popular cosign happen... They'll jump they, on it. Exactly. Yeah. And the numbers yeah. will go up. So you yeah. think that that's the case as well? I 100%. do, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I feel like over here... The casual listener is is the, the the ratio between casual listener to kind of more intricate listener is is outstanding, outstandingly mm. skewed, right? And in terms of, again, it's it's hard to to compare it to America because I feel like over here we have a different model, which is a 
by far weaker, way weaker model, right? We have mm. all these labels now, but this the model is still so so shit, to be honest. Like to be quite frank, right? And I feel like that that kind of influences people to be casual listeners because over here, yeah, we're spoon fed everything pretty much. You know, again, like I'm talking about the wider picture, yeah, because it's so easy for for us three to just kind of sit here and be like, you know what, we we kind of are on our music discovery thing, but um, a lot of other people, like I mean, TikTok's one in the game right now, so people will be scrolling, they'll find the song with a little dance to it, and they'll be like, oh, I, I like that, I like that song. Yeah, um, let me find where it is, stream it, goes number one, etc. So again, I feel like there's a there's a bigger responsibility for someone to kind of change that dynamic and be like turn people from casual listeners into someone who's a bit more um kind of interested in actually finding new talent i wouldn't even go that far because here's the problem right so all of this would make sense if their biggest fan base was in the uk but we've seen time and time again where this hasn't been the case or where they've had to literally go like chipman didn't go to america for fun guys do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. he did the, do you know what i mean like he had he a massive literally grand hustle ti literally I, I do you know what i mean that. And again, why did TI sign him? Because he's got a fan base there. Why did LMA fuck off to America for a few years? Because he's got mm-hmm. a fan base there. So it's yeah. like, okay, if it's a thing about the casual audience, why do they have bigger casual audiences where they shouldn't have casual audiences? Why is, for example, Little Sim saying one of her best concerts was in fucking Australia? Yeah, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, but why isn't... Yeah, go on. That, that shows that there's definitely an issue with the UK. Yes, exactly. Nice. Do you know what I mean? So, and, it, and I don't think it's a thing where you need to convert casual listeners. The casual listeners are here. We've got bare casual listeners. Mm, like, yeah. for example, if I'm walking around the streets of fucking Milan, why the hell am I listening to UK music? Do you know what I mean? But they are. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And they're listening to it more than we are. Like, that mm. is that is so illogical, but it's what's mm. happening. And I think that's the problem. So I don't think it's a thing of lack of awareness. I think it's just a thing of, oh, okay, well, you're there. Like, oh, yeah, I know you. Like, if I saw you in Tesco, I'm not going to act like I'm not going to act like you're a celebrity or anything, but until yeah. they are, right? Until yeah. they are. And it's a whole different thing. Like, even the way Heady One is treated right now, like, it always, I'm telling you, go to every single artist. The ones that don't work with American artists and the ones that do, they have completely different um perspectives on them in the uk completely yeah. different perspectives and it happens every time and these artists exist and everyone knows they exist it's just that thing of again i think it's talent spotting like you said i think that's a perfect way to say it yeah. i think they know these artists exist but they don't want to give them that it's like it's like it's like a it's like a pride thing i don't want to say this person's good i don't want to say this person down the street is a prodigy i don't want to say it it's it like i don't to- get why like we like, I feel like yeah. I think it's a popularity thing as well. Like in terms of if we're trying to if we're trying to decide what's the, the most important factors mm. in this in this discussion, mm. like we said, people jump on it when it becomes popular, right? Mm-hmm. But at the at the same time, people also love that pride of being like, oh, I was the first one. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's such a it's such a such a parallel, which yeah. is it, 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 that's why so this one's <laughs> so hard to kind of work out because like oh yeah. that 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 and that should doesn't they're literally so like different different things mm-hmm. so I, I don't understand like if 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 there's a casual listener and then someone who's a bit more into it right like how, how do we how do we decide how does that artist fate get decided yeah. and then why didn't it work out for them like someone is it's literally a whole combination of things and again i feel like it's case by case like yeah. like we, we, we mentioned when chip went to america yeah like ti was obviously thinking you know what this is going to work out because he's literally one of the most popping rappers over there Mm. You know, let me bring him here and see what see what happens. Mm. And it literally was such a big flop. Chip came back in the space of a year or something like literally. Yeah, just, like, 
I wasn't feeling it. But then again, why did LMA work out? You get me? Again, I feel like, again, I don't know if it's because maybe it's because he was literally signed to DJ Mustard yeah, from yeah. early. Mm-hmm. And again, that then again, that's a whole different context that we don't know about. Why, mm-hmm. why was she able to link up with DJ Mustard? And then what did he do that actually propelled him in that way? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think a couple, just to like, I know you've mentioned like Sam Fur, but like even just another artist, someone like Blood Orange, right? Like yes, Defiance. Another Great artist, yes. incredible, incredible artist. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's had four projects now under yeah. Blood Orange and then he's had a couple of other aliases yeah. before. Yeah. But like another artist just, you know, his album just sells so much more in the US than the UK. Like, Bro, do you know the amount of like people on the Mic Check Insta that I see talking about Blood Orange talking about like Michael Kiwanuka as well. Oh, I see, of course, yeah. I see people awesome. loving the mm. self-titled album, and mm. and I'm like, like, bloody hell! It's like wow, they they already again. I'm I'm tapped into people who are actually discovering music. These are American mm. people. These are people mm. all across Europe, right? <laughs> and then and they're listening to this. And I'm mm. just like, okay, it's, it's so weird to to decide how did it get to you, but like over here, it, it's not, you know. Yeah. The insane conundrum, insane conundrum. And there's only two exceptions and I'll bring just, just for the sake of completeness for the show, there's two exceptions that I can think of. Right. And again, I, I wrote about this, but I'll bring it here, kind of flesh it out a bit more. So number one is Jay Huss. Right. So why is Jay Huss an exception? So there's one thing, obviously music travels through a lot of mediums, but a big place, if you can remember, you know, in the pandemic is the clubs, right? The clubs propagate a lot of what's popping right now. Mm-hmm. And if you were around, were around in the club scene back in like, what, 2014 or so, but so about seven years ago now, Jay Huss was touring literally the whole of UK and just going to all these small clubs. I attended a couple of them as well. Like, again, even if it was like 200 people, maybe even less than that, maybe people didn't, didn't even know who the fuck he was. He would perform those shows and he did that and he kept doing that and he kept doing that. Of course, he had a couple of popular songs, but how did these songs get popular, right? Jay Huss wasn't signed. Jay Huss wasn't on Spotify or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? So he kind of started grassroots and built himself up from there. So by the time he got to the 15th day and the time he got to Common Sense, he was already a nationwide sensation because he's already been to every bloody uni in the country. Another yeah. example of this yeah. is Mostak, right? Mostak did the exact same thing. So these are two people who were big in the UK first before they were big in the UK elsewhere. So, and again, I think that's one kind of leeway I'll give because not every art, like for example, I'm not going to go to the club and I, I don't want to hear like next, another lifetime by Nao playing. Like that's not my mood, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but then that's not the medium that she can play in. But then if you go to like an, you know, an open mic or something like that, she might be there, but no one's going to do that. Do you know what I mean? So. I feel I like think, more people are into the party songs though. Yeah, exactly. I think more people are into that. You know, it's just more of a, it's easy, it's stickier. Do you know what I mean? And that's where kind of j has kind of started his trade. And then he mm-hmm. kind of was like, he, he, he doubled down. He even said he doesn't even like Lean and Bop. Like, he said it. He doesn't even like that song. I mean, that song is fucking shit, mate. Too much. I'm not going to lie. It went off in the club, <laughs> Yeah, right? it did. It and, did. And, now, yeah. and now he's on this new artistic kind of development mm-hmm. stage, right? Mm-hmm. And definitely interesting to see. Another thing I kind of wanted to, to bring up, right, is that taking this discussion to the producer side of it, yeah. when we look at 808 Mellow and um, yes. Axel Beats, Axel. They, are, they are like, two of the biggest UK born and bred producers but why are they out there over in the States making songs for Pop Smoke and Drake I literally what? have their names written down here in yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay yeah. there we go it's in the notes why yeah. 
and it's like listen, I, I bring this up on Twitter every every couple of weeks here, and it's like it doesn't add up because they are again, again, let's again produce the artist like DJ Premier. We can call him an artist, right? He's you get me. So these are these guys are artists, right? And and they they're born and bred here, right? And they're even still living here. It's not like they moved to the yeah. states, really. You know, they might travel here and there, but it's like. How did we allow two of the best drill producers who are always adding these even samples, different little trades to their mm. beats, right? Go over there, give the Americans all our best beats, and then we're left over here with all the crumbs of mm. all the up and coming producers who quite quite frankly, I know you guys are still learning a trade, but it's not up to the levels of a of a mellow or axel, right? Mm. Oh, again, that's another phenomenon where I'm just like, okay. Why was it because these guys weren't showing the love here? I've I've even seen Melo a couple of times tweet how, like artists artists in the UK weren't really weren't really messing. And, and a lot of them say that. A lot of them say that. It's like, yeah. it's like what's happening behind the closed doors? Because it's definitely more than we will ever know. Yeah, like we have, we have to sit here speculate the the kind of public information that we have. But I yeah. feel like it's it's literally so more concentrated than we can ever imagine, mm. and it's literally such a case by case thing. Yeah, I say. I, I'll just say, yeah, it's a yeah. combination of that and also what you said earlier about just like is the street. Like he was, he was just like when he was making music for like Heady One, um, like OFB, K Trap, he was then like, it, I think it was like Pop Smoke, wasn't it? That like enlisted him to make his first, um, what was his first mixtape called? Who's. Was it, it wasn't Meet the Woo. I think it was. Oh, yeah, Meet yeah, the yeah. Woo, yeah. I think it was, so he was yeah. like enlisted to make that. And then obviously <clears> when he went to produce that for him, he just kind of stayed in that kind of realm and just started making beats for fucking insane, right? And I, again, is it talent sporting again? Talent yeah, I think it is. I'll give you one last example, and John, you're gonna love this one. It's like a home run right at the end of the show. Come on, <laughs> James Blake, right? When yes. was James Blake's first album? But 2010, right? Yep. 10 fucking years yes. ago. When did everyone start loving off James Blake? Quite more recent, isn't it? Exactly. It's when he made the hip hop crossover. Really? Exactly. James Blake has been around. That's amazing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So how the fuck, from someone who's been around for literally the past eleven years, Mm -hmm. the only be relevant in his home country within the last few years? Yeah. Yeah, that's a a good example. Can I add though? I feel like he has been successful in his own accord, Mm -hmm. but. Again, like his albums have been charting, and that I feel like he's he's been well enough fine on his own. But again, I feel like that one comes as well comes down to like the audience we're around weren't taken to him until King's Dead because now your favorite rapper's working with him. Exactly. You know, like let's like I don't know. There's another good examples are like again these aren't British here, but like Tora E. Moore and um yeah. uh, what's his name uh, Tame Impala. Yeah. As soon as they enter the rap realm, then the rap people become a bit familiar with it again like we're saying the audience we're kind of around is is very like 100 rap music right that's all they listen to right so then when that crossover happens then they pay attention because they weren't checking for that in the first place anyway Mm -hmm. they're not trying to hear that alternative experimental stuff they just want to hear the same sounds yeah yeah i mean the fact that he fucked off to la with his girl just kind of says all in it like how the fuck did that we are bad vibes guys he was definitely appreciated by like the the like more indie scene for his first yeah, yeah, albums. For sure. I'll say that. But in terms of like mainstream, yeah, it was it was King's mm-hmm. Dead and a few of those. Yeah. Like the Andre 3000 feature, things like that. That kind of... Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's nothing wrong being big elsewhere, but again, it always kind of circles back to how is it your core fan base? I'm a British artist. Let's say Samford. I grew up in fucking Mitcham. Why is the... Why are all my big artists living in like, I don't know, like 
Boston. Like how the f- how the fuck is that possible? Why maybe, aren't like maybe they most- realize the ceiling ain't here? Maybe, maybe. again, it's, it's case by case. Maybe, Definitely. but something to think about. Something to think about. Um, any any other things you want to kind of touch on, John? Before we kind of close out. Well, yeah, we've brought in a lot of artists. I mean, not necessarily R and B, but a, a good example of another artist, Sinead Harnett. I don't know if you guys. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Lo- again, like last yeah. few albums, loads of features from American artists moving over there to work with like Earth Gang, Masego, Kate Trinada. I think she even featured with yeah. Jid at one point. But like realizing that <laughs> the UK scene is not. Well, one final thing. Wants. One final thing I'll, I'll say on it. Yeah. Again, this might be a bit biased coming from a writer. Yeah. But I feel like it's definitely publications' responsibility to start changing this. Oh, for sure. So yeah. For me? Sure. Especially the yeah. publications we're around. Like, I, I feel like Enemy do it. I feel like they they really try to kind of cover everything. Clash, I feel like Clash are very good at that. Do you get me? And mm-hmm. but then again, again, it's it's all about the publications we're around. It's like they need to they need to start being the again. There's always going to be a tastemaker, really. So yeah, for like, sure. Again, people say blogs are dead now. I guess th- th- that's kind of debatable, but uh, everything's evolved, right? So like, if if these platforms start to kind of push that as well, put it in people's periphery first. Like, let them give it a taste, right? If they don't like it, they don't like it, man. But mm. I feel like you need to give the people, again, how spoiled we are, yeah? We literally need to be spoon-fed. If you want us to kind of, and if we want this kind of, like, this country to kind of embrace the UK artists that we are definitely sleeping on, we need peop- We need more people like ourselves, different platforms mm. to spoon-feed that, and then they'll be like, they'll either spit it out and be like, I, I don't like that, or they'll mm. be like, it tastes kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, well said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of before we move on to, you know, the now and then players and all those wonderful things, um, just shout yourself out. Like where, where can people find you? Where can people find mic check? Um, yeah. All your music opinions. Yeah, man. Um, you listen, uh, you can catch me on uh, AK hams on the bluebird. Um, yeah. Hit me up there. Uh, Micheck.com. That's the website. Um, listen, like head, head there for your, for your reviews. Like, different pieces as well both on the uk us scene uh, we also try to cover as much r&b as we can again underground or mainstream that's always the aim trying trying to bridge the gap between all scenes possible um the match insta is at Matt check that's spelled the british way with the check um twitter Matt check posts again man just 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 support the movement check it check it out you know if again if you're one of those people who are trying to trying to diversify your your taste and, and you kind of want if you're kind of missing that kind of kind of like like avenues that you actually want and you, it's not in in front of you then i mean ch- check out my check man that's what we're trying to do that's the mission cool yeah all right um yeah as always we end the sort of our coveted now and then playlists where we add a song from you know i don't know past couple of weeks past year however the fuck we feel like it and then we also add a bit of a throwback so it goes as far back as possible i mean we've got free you know quite self-proclaimed you know music or rap buff so i think we'd be pretty easy for this one i hope but um, i'll kick off with this one as always we'll let the guests go last because you know a lot of them kind of scramble like oh shit i forgot about this i only listened to like five artists but um anyways (laughs) so my now song will be ways by avalino uh, Mm -hmm. featuring sl absolute Bangor. Oh my gosh. Yep, yeah, Bangor. Um, I was making, what do you say? He's going to make the best 
UK rap album of like the last decade or something. I mean, we'll see. I'm we'll excited. See. I'm excited. I'm I'm, he's very said talented. that, Avelino. Yeah. yeah. Like said. Big statement. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. his um, what's it called? His childhood mate, Little Sims, is coming as well. So it'd be good to kind uh-huh. of see them go head to head. But um, yeah, cool. And then my Ven song. Oof. So my Ven, I don't know how far back I can go. Damn. So more than two years, right? Yeah. More than two years. I'm allowed to do that. Okay, cool. So my dead song will be Bitch Don't Kill My Life by Hendrick Lamar. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. Good kid, ahead, Man John, City, man. That's my, kind of my personal favorite from Kendrick. I can't even lie. Oh, uh, I don't even have time for that one today. I'm gonna let you have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you have that one. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that. Cool. Uh, right. So my then song. I'll start with that first. Is yeah. Nicks by Freddie Madlib. Oof, bang. Great, mm-hmm. great, great track. Great, great beat. Oh, yeah, everything about it. Um, and then my now song is gonna be. Oh. I need to check if this song is from last year because I'm always an absolute stickler for um for how long it is. No, I'm gonna go with someone else. Uh, my now song, J Cole, Punch in the Clock. I enjoyed it. Good song. I'll put yeah. it on there. Okay. Oh, there's there's a look. I just got a look for Hamza. Tell me. Uh it's one of the weaker ones for me on the album. Oof. I mean, a hundred mil exists, but whatever. Yeah, no, that, that, that's <laughs> even low. That's even yeah. below that for me. Yeah. I can tolerate Punch in the Clock. That's oh, what I was saying. Interesting. It's one. It's one of the songs I enjoyed more from it. It was either Same. that or um, the Diddy one. Except yeah, for the Lego, Man. Lego Man. Yeah, that's my no. first two minutes. Lego Man. Yeah. First two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Same. I'm with you on that one, John. Like, go go ahead. Take away, Hamza. All right. Um. Cool. I'll start with the now one then. Yeah. Uh. So for my now pick, um, tough one. You know, there's actually a few that I actually wanted to mention, but I'll just go with um. Uh, Guilty Conscience by 070 Shake okay. that nice. uh, came out last year um, from her album Modus for Vendi. Literally, I feel like that didn't get enough the attention that it deserved. Love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then my then pick, um, I'll, I always try to give this guy his props, um, which he does, doesn't does ever get. But uh, Cradle of Civilization by Loki, uh, UK mm-hmm. rapper. Um, he, he's he's well known for his kind of activism, but his like his his music his musicianship is like so overlooked. And uh, yeah, for me, this is like a beautiful song. So yeah, it's got to be one of my okay. picks as well. Nice. I was a, I was a big fan of O Seventy Shakes album last year. I thought yep. it was okay because it, it came out in January, Literally. so I feel like it was overlooked in like the year end reviews. But I saw that Mike Check put it number one. Yes, twenty twenty. We I would have done that myself, but I did think it was, I think it was uh, a very, very good. Yeah, I think we mentioned that like, what, episode one, didn't we? Like way back. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah that's so I think pe- people kind of pricked their ears up to her a little bit more when she was on mm. um, Jesus's album. Yeah. What was it? Mm. What was that? Yay. Yeah. She was on Daytona as well. Yes, yeah. she was. Yeah. She Singing was little heaven. Spanish lines. Oh, and Kids He Goes. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. But yeah, um, you know where to find us, find a collective pod on Instagram, TBC pod on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Music if you use that, Spotify if you also use that, or Google if you're, I don't know, if you're in the China, YouTube. you know, or, or, well. or whatever the fuck, if you're not trying to get trapped by the government and you don't want an iPhone or Android and you're using some other service, you've got YouTube as well. Um, yeah, obviously follow Mike Check on at Mike Check. Is it just at Mike Check now? Not yeah, yeah, yeah. IG got dropped. Yeah, yeah the IG got dropped. So at Mike Check, obviously follow Hands on aka Hams. Um, yeah, and that's it from us. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you guys.
Big Up Vinyl Collective. Peace.